Blog Talk Radio. the wild and wacky wonder that is blog talk radio my goodness who in the world knows what's going on there but this is the reverend john saint germain welcoming you to the crystal silence league hour once again and tonight we're continuing our discussion of the uh, ways of the elders the old ways and how they can help us live our life in a better and more fruitful and productive way so why don't you join us in just about a minute with your favorite drink in hand, or your favorite loved one in hand, or yourself in hand. Oh, that sounded bad. But do come back, and we'll begin our discussion. And I thought Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde was behind us. And um, (laughs) blog talk roulette is still at play. Oh, my goodness. How has everyone been? Well, I've I've been fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's a a wild and wacky world, isn't it, folks? And um, judging from the state of things, uh, everybody's glad to see Mercury retrograde over. I know my clients have been um, having relationship issues and uh, life management issues and things have been a little up in the air here at my household and we're all glad to have things going back to normal aren't we and um, summer is winding down to fall and we're edging away from august into september and at my house halloween starts september 1st we're getting this stuff out of storage ready to decorate we love halloween here and i sure hope you do too the um, the topic tonight, of course, is um, the old ways, and we're going to go into that in a minute. And for those of you who don't know, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, and we are the Crystal Silence League, and we are sponsored by Lucky Mojo Curio Company. This is the LMC Radio Network, and we'll have our station identification at about the halfway point. And the Crystal Silence League was originally founded around 1917 by a gentleman named Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept, 
and it was originally founded for the purpose of distributing positive affirmation and prayer for all those in need of such. And when Mr. Conlon passed into the silence around 1958, the League went with him, and then it was resurrected from the void around 2009 by Magical Adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church for the same purpose. And yet now it's a cybernetic web. Instead of people meditating on their crystal balls forming a network, now we meditate on our crystal balls via the Internet. And if you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you will see that you can post prayer requests. And prayer requests are always free at the Crystal Silence League. We are a network of pastors and members that members that pray for you. I like that word, members, pastors and members that pray for you. And the pastors, many of us have churches, and we perform candle services as well. And we um, pray for you. And if you pray for someone at the Crystal Silence League, you can click on their prayer. And those for whom we pray receive an email a comforting email that says you have been prayed for. And I always read aloud some prayers. You can post your prayers, and you may get them read aloud, not by name, but by anonymous prayer number ID. Of course, before we begin, we always read our Crystal of the Week, which uh, this week is uh, Ahoite, or Ahoite. And uh, Ahoite is a... uh, most often seen as a uh, a copper uh, uh, infusion in quartz, uh, a copper rudelet of quartz. It's a bluish green copper rudelet of quartz. You can see it in its pure form, but man, is that rare, and it could cost you. But uh, you'll see it as a copper rudelet in quartz. It's in quartz in quartz. It's usually fan corpse. Corpse. I'm thinking of corpses because of Halloween. In quartz, and uh, aeolite uh, is a, a very cool element. For one thing, it can help you connect to past lives if you're meditating on such. It will connect the heart chakra to the throat chakra because it's bluish green. So it aids in um, communication via the heart chakra. And if these are psychic matters, it's psychic communication. So it can help you communicate uh, uh in the astral sense, uh, clairvoyantly, and through past lives. And uh, many teachers, uh, interesting enough, will tell you that if you're doing magic through chakra work, the heart chakra is the one that connects past lives. It resonates to the past life, life work. When people ask you what stones are best for connecting to ancestors, it depends on how you're doing it. Are you doing it through summoning the spirit? In which case, um, petrified wood is very good, and uh, uh, painted jasper, the earthy stones, right? If you're doing it on the astral plane, you go up into the the upper chakras. You go up into the uh, uh, crown chakra and uh, the third eye chakra, so you're looking at the purple stones, right? And the really good purple, or white stones even, uh, Isis calcite, um, uh, purple kyanite, things like this, high vibrational. So it depends on how you do There's not like an all-purpose fits all stone um, for this work. It, you have to know your psychic talents. You know, what, how are you doing it? It's, there's not like one way to connect to ancestors or connect to spirit, right? And, uh, you know, some of the angel stones, uh, Danbarite, Celestine, things like this, are used for um, angelic uh, communication. Sometimes, it, you know, <laughs> how good were your ancestors? You know, <laughs> some of my ancestors were not angelic. You wouldn't use angel stones to connect with them. You might use stones that would have names like uh, Satanite or Demonite <laughs> to connect with some of my ancestors. Uh, but uh, 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 Aholite. Uh, is a, a rejuvenating stone. It's used a lot if people feel old and tired to re- help rejuvenate their energy. Um, so it's helped to, uh, uh, like many stones that uh, resonate through quartz, uh, they're rutile in quartz, they're, they're used to heal. And um, these help help elevate the mood 
Many of the stones that resonate to the heart are help to elevate mood. Help to elevate mood. Not cure depression, but help to elevate mood. Don't throw away your antidepressants for this. Um, so it can help you um, uh, let go of bad habits, uh, help you um, uh, transform from a low state to a, a better state. So it helps you break bad habits, let go of the past, shut the door on the past, um, and uh, help you call upon your loving nature. It's also uh, a stone that a lot of people work with for uh, female empowerment. It connects to goddess energy. Um, so that's uh, Ahoite, and if you uh, research it, you'll find a lot of very interesting things to it. Um, uh, it's a since it's a uh, a silicate, it's a uh, a quartz usually embedded in quartz. Even though it has copper uh, infusions in it, um, you can still immerse it in water if you make your elixir with it. Uh, mo- most likely it's going to be safe unless it's a, uh, a high concentration of a hide in the quartz. And that, you know, in that case, use an indirect method, but most likely it's safe to put it in water, uh, let it bask in the sunlight or moonlight, remove it, add your brandy, use it as an elixir. And that's our crystal of the week. Sometimes I wish I had kind of a cool Crystal of the Week theme song, you know, to come out, da-da-da-da, Crystal of the Week, da-da-da-da, Crystal of the Week. Maybe I'll I'll work on that, you know, to do that, Crystal of the Week theme song, theme music. So we go to our um, Crystal Silence League prayer page, and you can do that. Go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, not com, but .org. There may be a crystalsilenceleague.com, you know, some knockoff of our page where evil and disreputable reprobates pray for you, but not as good as we do. But we're .org, and you can go there, and you'll see our prayer request page, and I usually pull up quite a few of them, and sometimes I pick and choose because some people post 10 prayers, so they get lots of prayers, and some of them are the same prayer, and some of them they pray for a lot of different things. But I only you only get one on this show. I only pray for you once. I can't pray all of your prayers for you. And I want to call these out by prayer number, and I invite you to help help me pray. And if you pray via crystal ball, as I do, you project your prayers into the crystal ball and then release it to the universe, just as Mr. Conlon taught. And I think I will uh, reiterate that. We'll start another uh, series on the four branches of crystallomancy pretty soon, and we'll go into that in more detail from a different point of view. So we're going to start with prayer ID 75826. Who prays a peace poem offering to share with all who love. And uh, this apparently is a free verse. It says, we pray for peace in the world, that every soul may awaken to God, that every heart open to every heart, that every face will face each other with a smile and a helping hand. And love will be known throughout our world. We pray knowing it so. Now, this is a poem, so I will tell you. It's, the author is written by Jerry Shipman. Well, thank you for that beautiful poem, Jerry. And prayer ID 75825, who says, Please pray as I talk to M right now. Pray that I say the right thing and restore our relationship. Amen. And that was posted today. <clears throat> and prayer ID 75824. Who says, Divine Creator, Jehovah God, bless F and T's trip and photography effort. Divinely anoint each aspect of logistics, the people they meet, the stories they get to tell, and the images they capture. Bless all they do to powerfully tell this important story about saving lives. So powerful that the images and stories move millions more to support this work and save more lives. Remove all obstacles to their success and shower them with your favor and love. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And pray ready 75823. Please pray that my male friend reestablishes contact with me as soon as possible. Pray that he is back to his normal happy self around me that pays me wonderful compliments and offers to take me out as friends on dates. I miss him terribly. Thank you. Amen. 
prayer ID 75822. This is to my CSL family. I want to say thank you all. I sold my car and God made a way and my storage is paid. Thank you to every one of you who prayed for me. You guys are my spiritual family and I'm so grateful to you all. I paid the storage at 8.09 a.m. and the auction started at 8.30 a.m. God is so good. Once again, thank you. You're welcome. Prayer ID 75821. I need $700 really bad as I've been unemployed for over a year and my bank account is accruing fees. Please pray for me to somehow find this money somewhere. Amen. And we're praying for you. Prayer ID 75820. May I receive a job in the field of cybersecurity. May all of RS's Help and guidance pay off to shift and move closer to the position in the field that is out of Wichita, Kansas. Is that how you pronounce it, Wichita? I thank you for sending me the job of my dreams and allowing me to be living the life that I am meant to live elsewhere. May this job land me closer to living in Canada. Ashe. Prayer ID 75819. Please pray for DV to quit smoking cigarettes for good and that anything or anyone who tries to convince DV to not quit smoking get out of DV's life, especially if they smoke. Since DV first submitted, oh, since I first submitted my prayer request to stop smoking, I have slowly gained some control over this bad habit by not smoking at all to date. Good for you. Congratulations. Please continue to pray that DV and all cigarette smokers can all quit or only smoke on rare occasions. Thank you for all praying. In the name of Jesus, amen. Boy, if anybody saw how my parents died, they quit immediately. They both died horribly from smoking-related illness. Lung cancer and emphysema. If you saw anyone die from that, you just say, no, quit, no. I don't care how much you like it. Pray right 75818. Thank you, God and the universe, for blessing me with the means to finally get this long-awaited surgery, which apparently is a gynecomastia surgery. I feel fulfilled in every way possible. May I have a speedy recovery and be able to reduce the swelling and discoloration rapidly. I invoke the rapid spirit of healing to heal my chest and take this pain away immediately. Amen. That's what we like to hear. Let's see. Now, she's got about five prayers. Which one do we really need? Um, there we are. Prayer ID 75813. If it's in your will, dear God, bring my little family back together. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Prayer ID 75812. That all the spirits of the above-mentioned spirits, because of the Most High said, I should ask, I shall get knock. To get a knock at the door will be opened and pour out blessings from the doors and windows of heaven. Amen. Prayer ID 75810. Greetings to all this Crystal Silence League family. I love you all with the love of God. May I please request that you humbly pray for my daughter on the 31st of August, Friday at midnight. Her flight will be landing at OR Tambo Airport. Please pray for complete safety, safe Uber, safe weather, careful pilot, safe at the airport, safety from airport to Midrand, safety from Midrand to Bronkhorst Sprut, safety as she returns back on 3rd of September. May the time she'll be spending with her boyfriend that we can be joyful, peaceful, and free. Amen. One more. Prayer ID 75809. God, please avenge. And please pray for the Lord to avenge the wrongdoings against A, done by R, M. The Lord knows what those wrongs are. Amen. Let's take a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of support and succor and saving from disaster from danger.
Amen. When we left off last week, we were talking about how the Chalaki, the Cherokee, um, prayed to everything. Um, the hunter prayed to the fire from which he drew his omens, to the reed which he made his arrows, to Chilkalu, the great lord of the game, and he addressed in song the very animals he intended to go out and kill. The lovers prayed to the spider to hold the affections of his lover, and he prayed to the moon, which looked down upon him as he danced his songs, as he danced his dances before he went out to battle or before he went out to court. And the warrior prayed to the red war club and the man about to set on a dangerous journey, prayed to the clouds to envelop him and conceal him from his enemies. So each spirit of good and evil had its distinct and appropriate place of existence. The rabbit who was the trickster in Cherokee belief, was uh, declared to live on the hills, in in the hills uh, behind Broomsage, and the fish dwelled in the bend of the river under the hemlock, and the terrapin, or tarpon as they say around here, which is a large turtle, lived in the great pond in the west, and the whirlwind abide at the top of the trees. Now, every disease animal, when it was driven away from its prey by a more powerful animal, immediately fled to its accustomed place of residence. Now, these animals that we talk about are not ordinary, everyday animals. It's not like the soul of a rabbit that you see out in the field. These are archetypes. These are the original progenitors of all animals beneath them. And they live in the upper firmament, you know, in the heavens, above the arch of the world. It's important to remember that. They're the primordial archetypes of all animals, the, the fathers, the great fathers of the other animals. They're the ones that are being evoked by these prayers. Now, uh, the uh, the Cherokees, the Chilagi had a... Uh, complex color symbolism and it's very important in the medicine uh, rituals and the medicine systems of the Cherokees as are in every uh, metaphysical belief and all the other tribes of Native America now not all tribes agree on this there's not like one universal when people say the Native Americans had this belief you cannot say that uh, there are some overlapping, especially regional, but you cannot say uh, – it's kind of like when people say, uh, you know, let's see DNA evidence that you're Native American. Uh, this is utter, utter ignorance. Are you are you telling me – and, and believe me, research this online before you open your mouth and say something like that. Um, I will slap that right out of your mouth. I'll slap the taste of that right out of your mouth because are you really telling me that southeastern – Cherokee, for instance, have exactly the same DNA as uh, as Navajo or Inuits. Because if you say yes, that's like saying that uh, Japanese Asians have the same DNA as Russians or Spaniards because they live more or less on the same continent or at one time did because they don't. And this is the problem with DNA t- testing of Native Americans. And in fact... Um, Ancestry.com doesn't even have a specific test for Native Americans. So, um, and uh, 23andMe tests for Southwestern. Uh, just, just go to the websites and, and research it. There's a very difficult um, way to do, very difficult uh, uh, specific way to do that. Now, I, I could do an entire series of programs on DNA testing for ethnicity. And in fact, the ethnicity of your grandmother, because of the randomness of genetics, may not even show in you. Ethnicity is not a specific genome. It may not even show in you. Your grandmother's ethnicity may not even show in you. I'm not making this up. I made a Facebook post about it at one point. You can look it up if you want to. So anyway, um, color symbolism, very important. Uh, in uh, in tribal uh, culture. So every one of the cardinal points, north, south, east, and west, has a corresponding color. 
and every color has a symbolic meaning so that every spirit invoked has a corresponding color and a local habitation with the characteristics that are imputed to him. And it's connected with other spirits of the same name, but of other colors, right? Living in other parts of the heavens and differing differing very wildly in their characteristics. So the red man living in the east is the spirit of power and success, but the black man in the west is the spirit of death. The uh, the uh, medicine man will um, uh, therefore invoke the red man to assist his client and help him, but he will curse the enemy to the black man you know, for death and destruction. So this uh, color system of the Cherokees, um, which is very important in every formula, is uh, is as follows: uh, East is associated with red, which means success and victory. North is blue, which is uh, defeat and trouble and uh, destruction. West is black, which is death and destruction. South is white, which is peace and happiness and health. Above is brown, which is uh, 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 unascertained, but could work out for the best. You know, not certain, but, you know, could be favorable. And uh, yellow is um, um, about the same as blue, which means... um, there's, you know, most likely is going to be a bad outcome, most likely a bad outcome. So there's a, a, a great diversity in this color system of the various tribes, depending on the location and the significance of the colors. Uh, but for obvious reasons, uh, almost universally, uh, the color black was generally taken as a symbol of death, and white and red signified uh, peace and war. Um so sometimes remarkable that, uh, although it's kind of remarkable that red was a symbol of power um, among uh, the various Oriental nations as well. Uh, although when uh, what we know now is that uh, the Cherokees, among other tribes, may have had uh, some Asian influence. So it may not be that remarkable that some similarities of symbols. Now. Uh, in many of the uh, medicine formulas, especially the ones related to attracting love and to destroying life, the medicine man will list not only the name of the uh, the person for whom he's doing the work, but he'll also um, read off the, want to know and read off the names of the entire clan. Wants to know the name of the uh, the client, as we we would say the client. Uh, in, a, in a love spell, the client, the name of the girl, the client's family, and the girl's family, and these would all be worked into the formula. So to the uh, to the Native American, uh, the name isn't just a mere label. It's just not something you call somebody by. It's a distinct part of the personality. It's as ingrained as the hands, the feet, the eyes, the teeth, and injury can result from the malicious handling of your name. Just as strong, as uh, as serious as a wound inflicted on any part of your body. If you injure a person's name, it's like injuring their body. This was a a serious belief. So you'll find this almost universally among every tribe from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, So there's a lot of uh, tradition in uh, concealing your names and changing your names even. Um, um, So a lot of the uh, Native Americans were known under assumed names. Uh, The names that they're known by, some of the famous ones, that's not their real names. Uh, So so, uh, a lot of the names that were given to the white people and by which they're known was not their real names. Uh, so the pseudonyms were too firmly established by 
by history to be supplanted by their real name. So, uh, you know, when you're you're hearing names uh, that you know the meanings are things like um, uh, uh, some of the Cherokee names are very strange. There are people like people with names like a uh, uh, crooked jaw and uh, uh, woolly hair and things like this. Those may not be their real names. Those are the names they gave the white guy. And, uh, um, you know, names like, um, oh, they really are like uh, Broken Bottle, things like this. Uh, I, I can think of a few. And you really go, God, you go, man, what weird names. Um, and uh, what strange names. And you think, maybe those weren't their real names. Those are just the names they gave the white guys because they're concealing their real names, lest white magicians or even uh, uh, Indian medicine men working for the white guys use it against them in malicious ways. So here's the medicine men, you know, the medicine men, medicine women, they were both uh, having no apparent effect when treating a patient for some serious illness. Um, the medicine men might conclude that the name is what the problem is. Um, so he may actually uh, go to the water, go to the great river and, using the appropriate uh, ceremonies and magics, actually christened the patient with a new name, which from this day forward, the patient might be known, but the change of the name uh, is used to start all the formulas and treatments all over with, with the new name, uh, with the belief that now the treatments will be successful. The problem was not with the body of the patient, but he had the wrong name. The name was what was causing the problem. You start over with a new name. You do the formulas and the treatments again with this new and better name, and now the patient will get better. Did it work? I don't know. Uh, there are stories that said it did. And so I know that a lot of people have come to me and asked me to give them a better name Numerologically speaking, they said they're, just, they're getting nowhere, and they wonder if it had a better name, a more powerful name. Numerologically speaking, they might be more successful. And I know that many of the people did. Uh, there was a woman who wanted to get into modeling, <clears throat> and she wanted. She said her name just didn't have any power to it. And she said numerologically, what would be a good name? And I've had people want to start businesses with a numerologically powerful name, and it seemed to work. The vibration seem to increase and this is the same theory uh, the uh, medicine men and women the medicine elders would change a patient's name and give them more power and then the ceremonies would seem to work so we have um, um, these words of the formula tended to be very poetic they um, and um, and I'll tell you that there were um, three levels of the Cherokee language. There was the Lower Cherokee, Middle Cherokee, and Upper Cherokee. Um, and uh, this can be sort of be seen, like if you read the Bible, uh, the, the formulas of the Cherokee would sound like reading verses of the Bible, like we use Psalms in root work. Uh, uh, for instance, some of the formulas used to win um, the love of a woman or destroy the life of enemies, um, you'll see expressions like um, like in destroying an enemy, you would find phrases that translate sort of like, now your soul fades away, your spirit shall grow less and dwindle away, never to reappear. And, uh, and then um, if you're trying to win... Uh, the love of a woman, some of these are, let her be completely veiled in loneliness. Oh, black spider, may you hold her soul in your web so that it may never get through the meshes. And uh, and then you might say, uh, your soul has come into the very center of my soul, my love, never to turn away. Aren't these great? And uh, you use these in your root work, right? Your soul has come into the very center of my soul, my love, never to turn away. Um, so, uh, um, so, um, the, um, the, uh, so translations of these from, uh, Shilagi to English, um, uh, may not be as effective as, uh, reciting them with full understanding of the Cherokee language, 
but they are very um you can find uh translations of the Cherokee text the book of the elders um in the uh, bureau of indian affairs in fact um and uh however what it what is said is that it is and it this is a quote it is unwise to try to learn from these without the help of an elder because there's a lot missing so um the um uh, I, I, w- I would say that's true. You, you can't you can't learn these um, without proper uh, treatment. Um, and I will um, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I have before me the uh, formula for treating the crippler, which is rheumatism. The formula for treating rheumatism, and this is often treated with what we know as uh, devil shoestring. And uh, so. Um, this is the English translation for it. Um, if I attempted read between Cherokee, I would probably bite my tongue off. But uh, it would uh, in English, it's listen, ha! In the sunland you repose, O oh red dog. Oh, now you have swiftly drawn near to hear to hearken, O oh, great Ottaway. This does not translate to English. This is the name of the red dog, Ottaway. You never fail in anything. Oh, appear and draw near running, for your prey never escapes. You're now come to remove the intruder. Ha! You have settled a very small part of it far off there at the end of the earth. Listen, ha! In the frigid land you repose, O oh blue dog. Oh, now you have swiftly drawn near to hear hearken, O oh great Ottawahi. You never fail in anything. Oh, appear and draw near running, for your prey never escapes. You are now come to remove the intruder. Ha! You have settled a very small part of it far off there at the end of the earth and repeated until there is some uh, relief that is accomplished. So uh, the prescription for this, uh, to treat this, is you lay a, a terrapin shell upon the very spot and keep it there while the five kinds of spirits are listening. Now on finishing, you blow once, and repeat this four times, beginning each time from the start. And on finishing the fourth time, you blow four times, have two white beads lying in the shell together with a little bit of the medicine. Don't interfere with it, but have a good deal of boiling in another vessel and rub it on warm while treating by applying the hands. And this is the medicine. What is called Yana Utsita, bear's bed, the aspidium, um, uh, or Christmas fern, and the other is called uh, Kaga Asuninga Croshin, uh, the maidenhair fern, and the other is common Engyutli, another fern, and the other is the little soft-leaved uh, cinnamon fern, which grows in the rocks and resembles uh, a, a small and soft-leaved fern. Another has brown roots and another has black roots. The roots of all should be used. So, you doctor early in the morning, let the second application be while the sun is still near the horizon, and the third is when it has risen to a considerable height, which is about 10 o'clock, the fourth when it is above at noon. This is sufficient. The medicine men must not eat, and the patient also must be fasting. So this is a, a, a formula for treating rheumatism. I've never tried it. Um, I don't have the education to try it, for one thing. And uh, now, now the cause of this disease, rheumatism, the theory in in regard to it is that rheumatism is that it's caused by the spirits of slain animals, usually the deer, thirsting for vengeance on the hunter. So the measuring worm is also held to cause rheumatism. Um, and the name of the worm... Wahili is frequently applied to the disease. So the uh, the formulas are to pr- propitiate the slain animals. And uh, so the uh, disease, not called disease, but called the intruder, is regarded as a living being. And the verbs used in speaking to, of it show that it's considered to be long, like a snake or a fish. It's brought by the deer chief and put into the body, generally the limbs of the hunter, who at once begins to suffer intense pain. And it can only be driven out by some more powerful animal spirit, 
which is the natural enemy of the deer, usually the dog or the wolf. So these uh, uh, archetypal animal gods live up above beyond the seventh heaven and are the great prototypes of which earthly animals are only copies. And if this sounds a lot like Rupert Sheldrake's uh, morphogenic field theory, you're right. So they're commonly located at the four cardinal points, right, each of which has a peculiar formulistic name and a special color, which applies to everything in the same connection. So the east, north, west, and south are respectively the sunland, the frigid land, the darkening land, and Wahala, while the respective mythologic colors are red, blue, black, and white. And Wahala is said to be a mountain far to the south. So these white or red spirits are generally invoked for peace, health, and other blessings, the red alone for the success of an undertaking, and the blue spirits to defeat the schemes of an enemy or to bring down troubles upon him. And the black spirits, of course, to bring about his death and destruction. And the white and red spirits are regarded as the most powerful, and one of these two is generally called upon to accomplish the final result. So in this case, the, uh, the doctor, the medicine man, first evokes the red dog, right, in the sunland, calling him a great Atawihi, to whom nothing is impossible and who never fails to accomplish his purpose. So he's addressed as if out of sight in the distance and is implored to appear running swiftly to the aid of the sick man. So the supplication changes to an assertion, and the doctor declares that the red dog has already arrived to take the disease and has borne away a small portion of it to the very ends of the earth. And in the second, third, and fourth paragraphs, the blue dog of the frigid land, the black dog of the darkening land, and the white dog of Wahala are each evoked in the same terms, and each bears away a portion of the disease and disposes of it in the same way. So finally, in the fifth paragraph, the white tarpon of Wahala is invoked, and he bears off the remainder of the disease, and the doctor declares that relief is accomplished. So remember, if there's anything remaining, the whirlwind is evoked to blow it away and carry it away. So the... Um, these uh, formulas almost always consist of four paragraphs corresponding to four steps in the med medical ceremony. Now, in this case, there are five, the last being addressed to the tarpon instead of to the dog. And so uh, these prayers are recited in an undertone, that, a whisper, a mutter, that's, uh, that you, you can only hear if you're up close to it between medicine man and patient, uh, with the exception of this uh, frequent ha! which seems to be used um, to attract attention and uh, um, always uh, shouted out, ha! And uh, I'll, I'll tell you something else about that. Um, uh, in a Tibetan um, ritual, too, of, uh, um, of enlightenment, there's a meditation method where you also go, ha! And it's supposed to open up your third eye. As you meditate during this uh, particular ritual, uh, during it you go, ah! and it opens up your third eye, which is interesting too. Um, the beads, which are here, white, uh, symbolic of relief, right? Um, common use in connection with these formulas. They're held between the thumb and finger. They're placed upon a cloth on the ground, uh, or in this particular case, um, put in a terrapin or tarpon shell along with a, with a pinch of the medicine. And according to directions, the shell has no other part in the ceremony, just as a container. So this blowing this is also a regular part of the treatment. The doctor either holds the medicine in his mouth and blows it upon the patient um, or applies the medicine by rubbing and blowing his breath upon the spot afterward. And in some formulas, the simple blowing of the breath constitutes the whole application of the medicine. It's like mouth spraying in hoodoo. You find this in a lot of indigenous uh, cultures, spraying uh, the medicine from the mouth, blowing it, <clears throat> taking it in the mouth and blowing it, <clears throat> the breath being synonymous with spirit. Uh, in this instance, um, uh, the doctor probably will rub some of the medicine upon the part, uh, recite the first paragraph in a whisper, and then he uh, might blow some 
take some of the medicine and blow it upon the spot. Um, some of the other paragraphs of this particular uh, formula are cited in the same manner, blowing medicine upon the afflicted area after each. Um, so in this way, the whole formula is recited four times before uh, exhalations or blowing of the medicine at the end of each, uh, interspersed also with the ha. Uh, you see, it's a very dynamic, uh, very theatrical performance. Um, now, the directions of this formula seem to imply that the doctor blows only at the end of the whole formula, uh, not accord with the regular mode of procedure. Uh, so this seems to be... Uh, Although it's written in the formula, uh, the procedure is usually to blow after each one, so that's that's one of the things that you may not pick up in the written text. So uh, this medicine consists of a uh, of a uh, warm soup or a warm elixir of the roots of four varieties of fern. Um, it's, it's said that it's boiled and allowed to cool. You wouldn't take this boiling mixture in your mouth. So it's obviously it's boiled and allowed to cool. These four varieties of fern uh, rubbed on with the hand and sprayed on with the mouth. Um, so uh, that, the uh, description is very um, specific, although I'll tell you that some of the sources I've read says it's uh, awkward and limited. Some of the uh, anthropologists and historians uh treated the uh, uh, the Indians, the Native Americans, like they were children. Uh, today we'd say racist. Uh, I don't take modern uh, attitudes and apply them to people who lived 200 years ago. The uh, What's really funny is that uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite source books for um, understanding how Native Americans lived um, we, we don't know how they lived before the white man came. We, we have no way of knowing, except through conversations with spirits. Uh, the uh, uh, James Mooney wrote some excellent – he was a historian who uh, interviewed he, – he was like the Henry Hyatt uh, for Native Americans. He interviewed hundreds of, of uh, uh, southeastern uh, Native Americans, and often in their own language, uh, through translators – and he was talking to some of the uh, medicine people, and he said, uh, obviously, the uh, medical practices of whites were far superior to this. And at that same time, the practices were bleeding people, leeching them, right, and giving them uh, 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 infusions of mercury to treat uh, tuberculosis and other diseases. So they were drinking mercury and uh, bleeding themselves. And they were saying that Native American herbal preparations were inferior, which when I was re I'm reading this stuff and I'm just laughing. I say, you think you think that natural medicine, which uh, quite often worked, was was inferior to you cutting people's veins open and feeding them mercury? Uh, uh, Andrew Jackson, you know, uh, drank mercury for his uh, lung ailment, and he was a big fan of. He, he'd bleed himself. He'd open his veins with a pocket knife and bleed himself. And I just think that's hilarious. Uh, obviously, our medicine is far superior to these savages. Yeah, yeah, right. You, you idiot. So, uh, um, so this uh, application of uh, these herbs, these uh, ferns, were repeated four times. Probably, if you tried this, it might be a good remedy for rheumatism. I don't, I, I don't. I have some arthritis. I might try it. So anyway, four is a sacred number. Uh, that runs through these formulas. Um, usually there's four spirits invoked, four um, uh, exhalations four <sighs> of the herbs, four herbs used, four applications, and frequently four days uh, uh, involved. So in this case, um, um, and there's usually some taboo, uh, some restriction. And in this case, it's fasting. You don't eat. Um Sometimes these taboos will extend to salt, uh, extend to hot food, extend to women. Uh, sometimes in rheumatism, the medicine elder might forbid the patient to eat um, the foot or the leg of any animal uh, because of the doctrine of signatures, right, correspondence. You don't eat the foot or the leg of the animal because that limbs are general to see the disease. You know, it's the vengeance of the animal. Um so for similar reasons, the patient might be forbidden to eat or even touch a squirrel, a buffalo, or eat an animal which humps itself. Um, 
a scrofulous patient, um, um, which is a, a form of uh, um, eczema, right? Um, uh, you don't eat a turkey because uh, turkeys seem to have that scrofulous eruption on their head. Ball players must abstain from eating frogs because the bones of the frog are brittle and easily broken. So that's what we know about that. Let's take a break and go to station identification, and uh, we'll come back with a uh, some uh, some maybe interesting stuff. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Holly, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we'll soon be adding a uh, uh, fourth sh- show uh, to our lineup. Uh, Lady Muse will be adding her uh, House of Empowerment show to our lineup starting uh, very soon in fact we just added her if you look on our um, LMC radio website you'll see her on our lineup that will be on uh, Fridays I believe during drive time so yay um, I want to tell you a few things about uh, first of all uh, the Cherokees never called themselves Cherokees um, and still don't the uh, the proper name by which the Cherokee called themselves is uh, Yunwaya or Aniyunwaya uh, in the third person, which signifies uh, the word means um, uh, basically us, real people or principal people, which is um, uh, a word closely related to Anwi Hanwi, which is how the uh, Iroquois know themselves. Now, on uh, ceremonial occasions, uh, the Chalaki, the Cherokee, speak of themselves as uh, on Kituwagi, or people of, now get this, people of Katua, uh, which is uh, an ancient settlement on Tokasigi River and was apparently the original nucleus of the tribe. Now, among the Western Cherokee, uh, the name Katua has been adopted by a secret society recruited from the full-blooded element and pledged to resist the advances of the white man's civilization back in the old days. Under various forms of uh, Kotowa, Gatachwa, Katua, etc., as spelled by different authors, it was also used by several northern Algonquin tribes as a synonym, as a synonym for Cherokee. Resemblance to Cthulhu or Cthulhu, totally coincidental, perhaps. Uh, Cherokee, the name by which they're commonly known, has no meaning in their own language. It seems to be a foreign origin. As used among themselves, the form is uh, Chalagar or uh, Chalagar. It first appears as Chalake and the Portuguese narrative of De Soto's expedition, which published originally in 1557, while you can find a Cherokee, in a French document of 1699, and as Cherokee, as an English form as early as 1708. The name has an authentic history of about 360 years or so. Um, there's evidence that it's derived from the Choctaw word Choluk or Chiluk, signifying a pit or cave or cave people. And as you might know, there are many, many caves in East Tennessee and that the Cherokees lived in, and there's lots of relics, Cherokee relics. Uh, there's a cave here in town uh, that's believed to be uh, among the Cherokee legend. That it's the Cherokee underworld, that the Cherokee spirits live there. I have a picture of me and my son standing next to the very spot that's believed to be the Cherokee underworld. So uh, uh, the Eastern dialect, uh, which is uh, commonly known as the Lower Cherokee dialect, was originally spoken in all the towns um, upon the waters of the Kiowi and uh, Tugaloo, uh, which are the headstreams of what's known now as the Savannah River in South Carolina, 
and some of Georgia. And its chief peculiarity is a rolling R, which takes the place of the L of the other dialects. So in this dialect, the tribal name is Charago, which is the eastern settlers. The English settlers of Carolina corrupted the Cherokee, while the Spaniards, advancing from the south, became better familiar with the other word, which they wrote as Chilake. And so that's that's the uh, rather uh, interesting uh, entomology of the word Cherokee. Now, there's a dim but persistent tradition uh, when asked by uh, historians, uh, so what does uh, Tennessee mean, Tennessee? What does Tennessee mean in Cherokee? Uh, they were told there is no word. We have no word, Tennessee or, or Tennessee. Or Tennessee. That was not, that's not our word. Uh, that was what the original settlers called it. And they said, so the original Cher- uh, settlers are not Indians? And they said, no, no, no. Uh, so there was a dim, no, it was the original settlers, and they were not people. They're not people. You know, what? So there was this dim but persistent tradition of a strange white race preceding the Cherokee, and these stories go so far as to locate their formal settlements and to identify them as the authors of the ancient works found in the in the country. The earliest appearance appears to be that in 1797, um, the Cherokee tell us, according to this fellow named Barton, uh, that when they first arrived in the country which they inhabit, they found it possessed by a certain moon-eyed people who could not see in the daytime. These wretches, who were no larger than children, they expelled. He seems to consider them an albino race. Haywood, 26 years later, says that the invading Cherokee found tiny white people near the head of the Little Tennessee, with forts extended down the Tennessee as far as Chickamauga Creek. He gives the location to three of these forts. The Cherokee made war against them and drove them to the mouth of Big Chickamauga Creek, where they entered into a treaty and agreed to remove, if permitted, to part in peace. Permission being granted, they abandoned the country. Elsewhere, he speaks of this extirpated white race as having extended into Kentucky and probably into western Tennessee. He describes their houses as having been small circular structures of upright logs. Harry Smith, a half-breed, and born about 1815, informed the author that when a boy he had been told about an old uh, old woman, a tradition of a race of very small people, perfectly white, who came and lived for some time on the side of an ancient mound. They afterward moved to the rest, to the west. Uh, Colonel Thomas, the white chief of the East Cherokee, had also heard of a tradition of another race of people who lived on Hawassi. Um, when they moved, they warned the, t- the Cherokee they must not attempt to cross over to the south side of the river or the great leech in the water would swallow them. They finally went west long before the whites came. We'll pick up some more of these legends about the little white, moon-eyed, uh, big-eyed, gray alien-looking people next week. S- stay with us, shall you? Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.